Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. In this episode, Anthony interviews talented actor and teacher Clyde Voce. Clyde made history as the first black actor to play the role of Willy Wonka on the Broadway tour of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The two talk about that experience, about the importance of bringing yourself into your work, especially in the age of commerce, and the tricky task of finding fresh moments in long theater runs. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Moment. That's all we've got. That's all we'll ever have right here, right now. With my guest today is the amazing, funny, extraordinarily talented, passionate young man. Are you still young? <laughs> Clyde Voce. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've, Clyde is one of my besties, so I feel like I may be making fun of him throughout this I podcast. Feel like Hi, Clyde. Possibility. <laughs> it is. No. Hi, Clyde. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. So you're, are you in Brooklyn? No, you're in Queens. No. <laughs> Wait, I thought you had a place in Queens. Yeah, like pre-pandemic, child. Things have changed. Like, oh, right. That's right. Yeah, and no. then you went back home to Florida no. and mm-hmm. hung out for a while. Yeah. And now where are you? I'm in Harlem. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. nice. Which street? I'm on 143rd uh, between... Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I don't need nobody following me, knowing where I live. <laughs> I have so many stalkers. People are going to stalk you. You wish. I'm good. <laughs> I kind of like stalkers a little bit, a little bit. Like, like you know, no, no, no. The ones that are really appreciative of the work. You know what I mean? Fans. Not like, yeah, fan. That's right. Fans I only, like. Only fans. Fans. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know what, though? See, we're not going to get through anything. I love that people are going to listen to this and be like, um, those two aren't even funny. They only cracked themselves up. Okay, so let me give you a proper introduction. Also, I need to have a bell here because I just did a podcast on somebody else's show and I listened to, I don't really usually listen to, you know, my interviews or whatever, but I did because I wanted to support her and it's a really great podcast, but I was shocked at how many times I say like. So I'm going to try, every time I say the word like, that isn't the correct iteration of that word, please just make a funny noise. Okay. Gonna, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I believe. So, Clyde, I mean, I can't do your. Did I just say a like? I can't do all of your resume because it's so. You know, it's quite. You've been around for a while and been doing some really great things. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna highlight a few, and then we can, you know, if I've left anything out. But, um, I and I've had the great luck of seeing you live. <laughs> I have. So you were in the Broadway national tours of The Color Purple, which I got to see here in LA. 
um, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and you were the first Black Willy Wonka. I was. And we can talk about that. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, I know. You're working on some materials about that experience. Uh-huh. You're, you're currently in, would it be con- considered a revival of the Broadway play? Because it's off-Broadway, the play that went uh, wrong. Or is it just a new production? It's the same production. It just went, it just moved from Broadway to the off-Broadway. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a revival, though, because it's the same. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you've done, I mean, you've done lots of shows regionally and in New York and at all levels. So congrats, first off. So how does it feel to be back in New York post-pandemic? Now, <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. it, now I, it, it's, it's strange because now I feel settled, question mark, uh, because, you know, I was in Florida for two plus years because of the pandemic, I kind of got stuck there. Um, So like coming back was just a bit strange at first because, you know, the Sydney had it really been the city. It's always full. There's always so many people. Like when I came back, I could see all the street down the street with nobody on it, which was kind of nice and not 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 upset. The train was quiet. No one was talking. I was like, why is it so quiet and clean? Oh, we all live here. This is great. <laughs> it was good. But like, you know, it was it was a little and I feel everybody was kind of on this wavelength of like, I don't know. Um, and, you know, had to come back and go back to you know, my survival job as being a server until I figured out what the next move was, you know, because things were still slowly happening. and coming doing productions from two years prior that were resuming so it was just it was odd and I was living with my parents again so it was very strange oh yeah that can bring <laughs> up a lot like, of stuff not and your living. sister had a baby right like you were sister-in-law, yeah you were a sister-in-law you were having full-on like family was... and then also you know we were talking during that time and you were also just rethinking everything like yeah about your career and you know artistic yeah. life and where to go and didn't you go to Colorado for a hot minute? I did. I went to Colorado for like- Was that during COVID? A Jeez, month, yeah. Everything is a blur. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just needed like a minute. <laughs> right. But I thought you were contemplating like a move to Denver. I was. Right. It just sounded cool. <laughs> like... <laughs> you know, when it when that time came around like seven months in, when we were all like, okay, we can just chill out for a second because- you're going to be where you That's are. That's right. Nothing's happening. Yeah. No one knows what's going on. I was like, well, why not? You know, why not go and do all these other things? You know, nothing's finite. So it was a thought and that time passed and here we are. So, I, yeah. I talked to a reliable source yesterday who does think that I have it in my studies. I haven't found this, but that Denver is going to be one of the uh, preferable cities to live in, in our our warming world um i was like well what about the fire risk and you know i guess i i have family who's lives in boulder and in 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 the Mm. mountains there so you know i was always concerned about you know the forest area but apparently denver is pretty much clear of all that so i I don't know know. when i went uh it was pretty smoky there oh from Uh, the fires that were happening in the yeah yeah interesting I don't know. Like I, I mean, it was still nice for me to like go hike every few days and just like be outside and, you know, but yeah. it, was still, it was still pretty like hazy 
when I was yeah. there. That was two years ago. So I don't, I don't know. Well, you definitely don't want to move back to Florida. That is not going to be no. on. <laughs> so, I mean, here's the thing about you, Clyde, that I love. It's like, you're so, I mean, I, when I was just back in New York and, and also full confession, Clyde teaches at our studio. He's amazing. He's been, how long have you been a part of the school? Like a decade now? Not quite a decade. Whenever the New York studio opened, that was it. So that's- Were you a part of the OG with Emily Fletcher? I sure was. <gasps> oh my I God. So student. I was that was 10 class. years ago. That was like 11 years ago. Yeah. But that was, but it's kind of pure. I kind of love the early days, right? Nice, though, it, it was, was nice. Like, you were just there with your socks on and it was just- I know. It was just like raw, you know? You it was mean? granola, like, right? Yeah. Wow, so you are OG, Clyde, yeah. In New York, yeah. Yeah. And then you and I just hit it off the first time we just made each other laugh so much. And I was always really impressed by your talent and your ability. We would have sing-offs. I still think yes. I am yes, the gold standard. In New York City and you want to hear Tony sing, I'll just tell you where I am. and He'll sing throughout the streets for you for free. And we would always compare our ballads to our up-tempos. I didn't have a pop rock. I didn't have a pop rock standard like you do because no. you do pop rock musicals. Tony Wait, also, a golden age, a golden age, New York, New York from on the top. New York, New York. That's what he he loves a, that moment. I love it. New York, New York. See, let's go. Let's have a sing-off right now. New York, New York. <laughs> and this is how the sing-off goes. Tony sings at me. We're and... not going to get through. I sing at you. It's true. I'm, I'm so competitive. That's the Capricorn in me. By the way, bitch, you forgot my birthday. It was two days ago. I said happy belated. Did Don't you, though? Yes, did I you? did. I didn't see that text. No, I didn't get that text. Yes, you did. You responded to it. <laughs> it must be that age. Oops. That okay. It was age. that age. I was going to say drunk and stupor, but I don't really drink. So I'm high on life, Clyde. So wait, didn't you also do Rock of Ages or am I making something up? You did. See, I know all of your credits. You do. That's when you were in the rock opera phase. So Clyde, no, but seriously, you have always just kind of always found your way. You're always working and always putting out good work. And so I don't know, which, what do you want to tackle first? Because I do think like, listen, also you're doing, you know, you're breaking into the TV and film world. And I know that for a lot of Broadway based actors and people who have credits from Broadway, it sometimes feels like a different animal. And obviously AMAW has helped, I don't want to call it a transition, but helped us understand that to me, truthful acting mm -hmm. is the same, right? Who was it? I think it was Denzel Washington or uh, I think it was him. He had, a, I just saw a video. It was like one of those SAG, you know, when SAG does host those like oh, Q&As. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Was it Denzel? I think it was. And he was saying how, again, like, he was talking, I think somebody, they, the, the question part was clipped off, but it, to me, I surmised that somebody was asking, well, what's the difference between theater acting and TV and film? And the guy was obviously way in the back in the mm -hmm. theater. And he said, well, so Denzel was saying, well, well, now I'm talking to you and you're in the back of the room. So he, well, first of all, he was saying how truth is truth, regardless of yeah. the medium, whether it's TV, film or theater. And he was saying like, so right now I'm talking to you and we're in a theater and you're way in the back. So it feels theatrical, but I'm still telling you the truth. But if you were right here and then he pointed to somebody who was in the first row or somebody who was on the stage with him and there's a camera right there, I'm still telling the truth and it would cover that that space as well. And I love that he said that, that there is no distinction in truthful acting, right? So... I don't know. Tell, I, I, that was kind of a 
was a question and then a statement because I just, I love what he said, but tell us first, I guess, about your musical journey. I mean, I've, I've, since I was a kid, like I, that was the first, I guess, talent that like made itself known to me. Like I, I just actually got this story from my mom. I used to go to like a Catholic school when I was younger, cause it was like right next to my mom's job. I'm not Catholic by any stretch, but I just went there. And uh, there was a, a choir and I was in like kindergarten or first grade. And I heard them sing during like one of the school masses and I begged to be in this. <laughs> I was of like, mom, I want to be in choir. She was like, no, I don't. And she was saying, no, I don't think you would want to do that because it wasn't all, it was all girls. She was like, oh, uh, I don't think you want to do that. She was uh -huh. just like, no, I do. And I want to do it. She was, I was like demanding uh -huh. to be in this choir. So she was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll go to one and just see how you feel about it. Of course, I was just like, yes. Sing out. <laughs> I don't think I knew or registered that I Oops. could do this thing that was called singing. And my mom was like, I saw you do a concert and I go, oh, you can sing. Oh, okay, well, this makes sense. I didn't know you could do this. So since then, I just, you know, it was in piano lessons and I was in voice lessons and I went to a middle school for the arts for choir and a high school of the arts for choir. And then I went to college for musical theater and here we are. But that's where that all started. I just, I always had that ability. I don't, because mm -hmm. no one in my family can sing. Oh, wow. Okay. My dad sings <laughs> for <laughs> his know. own pleasure. <laughs> right, right, right. I love it. For his own pleasure, like he was the guy in the parent pickup line in elementary school belting the temptations. I'm like, can you please stop? Um, but like there, no one really is like artistic in my family in mm. that way. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of. And then uh, you uh, went to University of Miami, right? Is that mm -hmm. where you went? Yeah. And then did you get a theater degree? I got a music degree because at the time there were there was a BFA in musical theater and a Bachelor of Music in musical theater. Okay. Same program other than the fact that like the BFAs would take more like theater history and I would take more musicology. Um, but I, I knew I wasn't uh, knowledgeable enough about acting to do the BFA. So I was like, well, I can get into the music school and like figure it out that way. Because ultimately all I ever wanted to do was be an actor. I was like, right, right. I'm gonna use this to get to this. To get to that, yeah. Yeah. Was that, did we ever talk about, was Vince Cardinal there? Do you know Vince mm -hmm. Cardinal? Oh my God, was, we did talk about that. He was my de department head. Oh, wow. I don't think he's there anymore. He's now back no. on the East Coast, like Connecticut or somewhere. Michigan? Or Michigan. He's at the yeah. University of Michigan? He as, might be. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, he directed me in my first, one of my first shows. So oh, that's, that's like, wow, nice. what a small that's world. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 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 um, oh my God, The Tempest and Measure for Measure. And, um, yeah, so, okay, so, so, and then you moved to New York as, as all aspiring hoofers would do, right? Like, because that's are you, what I wait, are you an actor who sings and dances? Or are you a singer who acts and moves? Or are you a triple threat? I, I I don't understand all of that. Like I, <laughs> I feel like it always depends on what show you're in because you can yeah. be like, yes, I'm in a triple threat if I'm in like, I don't know. But you are. You can move. You can, I can do move it all. Very yeah, yeah. well. Yeah. I just don't like to label it because 
I don't like to say that I'm a dancer because there are people who have been doing this ballet bar since they were like three. And I'm like, right. I can't claim that. And I'm not, I don't, I might be able to do it. Will I be in physical therapy later on that week? Sure. Right. Yes. I don't know how to move yeah. my facility in the right way. So yeah, interesting. But, so you, you yeah. just started pounding the pavement then as a singer performer. And then what was your first breakthrough? My first breakthrough was actually probably, I'm going to say Rock of Ages. Oh, wow. So it was. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Rock of Ages because it was the first time post being in the AMAW studios that I really understood the, the collegiate saying of walk in as yourself. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like mm. I'm 19. I don't know who I am. Mm. I'm like, so like I understood what that meant in that audition. And I remember walking in and the director, after I sang the music, which was like some eighties rock number, I sang, I was holding the side and I like looked at it and I was like, ah, oh, do I go for it? And she was like, do it, do it, do it. Whatever you're doing, just do it, just, just do, it, do it, go. And I just did it. And I don't know what, I couldn't tell you what happened. I just like <laughs> kind of lost my mind a bit. Yeah. And she was like, that's amazing. Great. And it was and like the first it. time. Yeah, a lot of things made sense. I was like, oh, one, this is how you like find your tribe of people. Um, I was like, oh, not every director's for every actor, not every actress for every director. I was like, oh, this is my kind of like person. She wants truth per each person. She's not looking for the same cookie cutter person to play this role because the show had already been running. <clears throat> and I was already, I was replacing someone. Mm -hmm. So that was a breakthrough in my career, but also in like my process and going in for things. I was like, I'm just going to do it like how I would imagine doing this. So it was, it was great. Imagine that. Right. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Like, Go in as yourself. I'm like, okay, I just walked in. Right. Like, what do you want me to do? You're like, hi, I'm Clyde and I want, I'm like, uh, 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 uh. that's not right. Me. I'm kind of just like, it's wet outside and I'm tired. Well, it's so radical when we think about it, right? Like yeah. once we kind of have a better sense of who we are, or even if we don't, and we bring that in too, that's also interesting, but it's really yeah. radical as opposed to putting something on ourselves. And as you, you know, as you have discovered through the years, like it's also not easy to do. And we have to keep oh. coming back to that. Mm -hmm. Right. And also I think like, cause you and I have had many conversations about like styles and forms and musical theater and like, listen, I love musical theater, but I think, and a lot of people don't know that I, I, did a lot of musical theater, but I, I have always found it tricky when I go see something and a lot of times the, how do I say it? Like, I think musical theater can be maybe the most powerful storytelling, uh, one of the most powerful forms of storytelling, right? Because of music and we have, everybody has such a connection to music, but oftentimes for me, I can only speak for myself, I find it to be distancing because the music doesn't feel like it's an extension of ourselves mm -hmm. right so we and you and I've talked about different styles of shows that we've seen but also just even maybe just Broadway it doesn't even have to be a musical but all of a sudden people start to act and then it fulfills I guess the tone or the style of a, of a piece but to me I always feel like well but it could be real it could be more real and, you know, we've talked, I've talked to Stephanie and like different actors who've been on Broadway and how do you, 
when you start to learn that there is a way into the work that even eight shows a week, you can hit your marks in a way that feel alive and new and different. But what happens when you're working opposite someone who doesn't work that way? So I don't know, tell us a little bit about your experiences doing so many different shows with so many different people and finding it fresh, I guess. Yeah, I, hmm, that's tricky because it also depends on like how you start a show. Um, if I'm coming into a show that's already been running for a oh, yeah. vast amount of time. You're just getting I'm put gonna, in. I'm yeah. not going to break the wheel like the job. Yeah, do the right. um, but I have in my place in my career, I have now decided to just choose what those things are. Because if I choose something that what I like to call a factory show, nothing wrong with it. I'm just like, it's not for me. I, I just don't need that job. Um, because eight times a week is a lot. It's a it lot, a lot, very taxing. Um, <clears throat> but if you're starting, like I, I started those national tours, it was, I was able in those rooms and I was fortunate to have directors who didn't want the same thing that was on Broadway or had been done by other people before to be like, let's create this together. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. I like it to be like this. Can we make some kind of compromise of like what this actually feels like? So there's that, but then, you know, working opposite of someone who's probably just like, you know, doing what they got to do. I kind of just, I now look at it as that's just where they are mm -hmm. as the person. If they're vacant that day, then I'm talking to somebody who's vacant. Mm -hmm. If they're, you know, I don't know, <laughs> breaking <laughs> on stage because right. something was really funny. I'm with you there too. Um, because I found over the years, in order to do those eight shows without getting exhausted, it's easier to do it in the truth uh -huh. mm -hmm. than it is to do it like in a put on sort of fashion um, or like a performative fashion because it just takes more effort. And yes, I'm tired at the end, but it's a different kind of tired. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that's making any sense. No, it does. I was going to maybe make a distinction you can explain for the listeners who don't maybe have a lot of Broadway experience or when, you know, when you get put in a show, let's say you're, you're replacing someone, the reason why you don't have a lot of maybe artistic or creative agency is because the stage manager is basically giving you sort of the notes, right? Yeah. yeah. You stand here, you do this, you look this way, you do this, you do this, you do that. And yes, are there times you can find like in between those moments for yourself something that's a bit more grounding, that's a bit more, you know, dropped in, sure. Um, but for the most part, like, that's the gig. They're you know? wanting you to replicate what has been working for a year or five because, years or 10 yeah, and years. They've also, yeah. you know, they've workshopped it with multiple people. They're like, right. this is the thing that works uh -huh. the best. And if it's running that long, it probably is the thing that works the best. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, so you just have to find a way to make it work for you. Right. That it kind of mimics what is happening. Um, I don't necessarily book those jobs because because <laughs> I, well, I walk in and I refuse to I, re I for me the kind of actor I want to be I refuse to do a cookie cutter show. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean that's tricky. Kind of but I, it's just I, 
sorry, I didn't mean, I, I, I think like, it's really tricky because I was thinking about, yes, at, at one level, it's just a form or a, a product that is, you know, not taking anything away from people who do that and they do it no. mechanically really well, but it does, it's sort of for me listening to you say that again, makes me question, well, what is the point or what is, and I'm not, again, I'm not judging it. I'm just having a conversation about well, question sort of what does it mean to be an artist and an interpreter and a creator when you have to just do it the same way? Then it becomes almost like it's almost like a, a, a telemarketing job or, or like a data entry job where you're just hitting the same mark and hitting the same keystrokes every night in a way. And so for the audience watching it who've never seen the show, for them, the experience is new and alive and in the mm -hmm. moment and fresh, I guess, and storytelling. But for the people telling that story, I don't know, it's just... I guess it's a different kind of art. Yeah. The skill of being skills able to almost like forget mm. the show. Yeah. Yeah. And it had to like be something that I had to like develop. Yeah. Anytime I walk on stage, this is your first time walking out here. You've yeah, never yeah. It's almost like thinking of it as like opening night all the time. Um, which is hard. It's not it's not an easy skill to develop, but like, and it can be a little tricky because <laughs> if you come in with that that energy of like, oh, this is kind of like the first time I'm out here. You know, some things are super technical and you mm. need to be in this spot or the curtain's gonna hit you or this thing's gonna fly on and you're- Right, right. Kind of in the way you're not that. in your light or, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it is tricky, it is hard. And I'm not gonna say that it's easy. That's why well, a lot of people who get out here, they're just like, I'm tired. I'm like, yeah. Well, also they may be disillusioned by it or I was gonna say again, mm -hmm. like you do, when you read things about you know, everybody has an opinion about Broadway, right? And like how, and this is not just Broadway, this is every across all yeah. aspects of the business where things are becoming commercialized in such a way that's kind of draining the, I don't know, the spontaneity and yeah. the, the, the danger of something. And so I think it's interesting and how do we adapt? And it's also can be kind of sad because the people who are the investors don't want to take risks. So they want to do something where people coming from out of the country and out of town are sitting down and just having their, you know, popcorn experience. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really tricky. And then, but, but, you know, maybe it was that way during the Greek times as well. Right. Like during, you know, at Dionysus and their performances, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it, or Shakespeare's time. Right. It's always been this compromise between, artistry versus commerce yeah and i and but yeah. yeah and it's always going to be that and like you know for me it's i have to at some point make the decision even though it's like oh no do i want to keep doing this like i left rock of ages i didn't have to leave i chose to leave because i was like oh i've given everything that i can for this because i was not it became eventually now i'm going to work Right, right, right. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, this is bringing me joy. This is, you know, keeping creative. me creative, of creative, whatever. At that, it, there was a point where I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And you don't have to do that. That's just, that's just for me. I was like, let me go and find some other creative show or endeavor or some other thing that actually keeps me in that flow of newly creating something. And that's fine. You know, you can find new stuff when people come into the show you're like oh this is a new person this is great but you know there are shows and directors who do work in a way that is constantly creative like the show i'm in right now our resident director or no our u.s director matt DiCarlo, 
he's very, he comes very often and he's always coming in and be like, okay, because this is a show that never settles, let's try this. You try this, you try this, you try this, and let's see what that does for the next few weeks. He'll come back and be like, great, that didn't work. Or you tried this, you tried this, you tried this, you tried this, let's try this. Think about, I'm like, oh, this is great. Right. There's a constant, you know. Collaborative. Yeah. 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 Okay. And Interesting. That's, that's but really, I also think it's really brave of you because, again, not to judge performers who, I mean, some people have been in shows since their inception, right? And have yeah. done a Broadway show for seven years and it pays their bills and their mortgage and yeah. and it becomes a job. I think the thing too, we glamorize acting sometimes more than it is because it is just yeah. a job. But I think it's brave of you when you realize like, you know what, I kind of hit the finish line here. And even though it may mean I'm unemployed, I've got to take the risk of getting out of the show now and moving on. Yeah. So, and, and like I said, that's what I said at the top, like you've always kind of found your way. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. But let's talk a little bit about Willy Wonka. Mm -hmm. I know I did get to see it here, but I didn't get, you were not on that night in that role. I was so sad. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, well, it wasn't your fault. It was like whoever... He didn't call in sick that night, God damn it! But he had, yeah, he had just come back from his like, oh, uh, his vacation, his right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you were cast as the first black Willy Wonka, so that's quite. I mean, that's incredible. Well, technically, I was cast as ensemble, and I understudied. Wait, say it again. Who? I, I was cast as uh, the character Mrs. Green. Oh, uh, yes, I. <laughs> that's was what I saw you go on for. That's right. I yes. saw that. Okay. So I was the vegetable lady and okay. um, and I understudied Willy Wonka. And there was a point where our um our lead got injured, like badly injured. And so the solution from our director was that me and the other cover would just split the role. Ah, okay. We came back. So in Baltimore, but that's when I like debuted as Okay. Yeah. But that's amazing. How did that feel that first night? You know, that first, because it was a two-show day, so I was very, <laughs> very tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I still don't know because that first time it's just all adrenaline. I'm like, I don't know. Right. You're flying. I know what this means on paper. I know what this means to everybody doing the show. And I get the importance of it. Uh, but I, I don't know what it felt like doing the show. But I, after the show was when it was like, mm, there is a there was a a mom and a child that came back uh, to the stage door. And uh, she was like, oh my God, I have to tell you, this is the first show my son has ever seen. Uh -huh. He was, I'm gonna say six. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, prior to the show, we read the book, we saw the movie, all of this, this and that. She goes, I just want you to know when you, cause I start the show facing upstage. When I turned around, she said, you turned around and my son looks at me and he goes, mom, he's not white. Oh, mm -hmm. and she said it was so crazy to me because I looked at him knowing that he was innocently just making an observation and it yeah, gave yeah. me the opportunity to be like 
it doesn't matter what he is. He can be anything he wants to be. And he just took it and was like, cool, great. And she was like, he just wants to meet you. And he just came over and gave me the biggest hug. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is why you're doing it. This, yeah. this is why. And it can get, <laughs> you can forget sometimes because you're so tired from doing so many things and you don't really get to interact with people in that way. And I was like, oh, this, this is why. And it's actually the initial reason I took the job because I left the Color Purple tour to do this show with the intention that, oh, maybe there's one day I'll go on for Willy Wonka and some, some child will see this. Maybe. That was just my hope, never expecting to go on ever. And that's, that's how that went down. So it was really fulfilling in that way. And it actually was uh, energizing mm. to keep going. In well, that. many children saw that, Clyde. So, yeah. you, you know, new generations you inspired to, you know, create and see themselves in those kind of roles. And that's, that is incredible. Yeah. So can you, do you, can you talk about the experience though, being on tour with that show and like what you thought it would be and then what it wasn't? I know we've talked about that or, you know, yeah. In, let me just ask it this way. Did you feel like it was being celebrated that you were the first black Willy Wonka or not so much? Like by, you personally, and I'm sure your cast yeah. members. I think by the people who came and saw the show, yes. 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 My cast members, yes. There were a few. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like. Yeah. Because I've actually like forgiven that and like gone past that at this point. But there were a few who shall not be brought up uh, that, uh, I don't know, I'm not gonna put words in their mouths, but I'm just gonna say that we're not thrilled that the lead was injured. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and that, I don't know how that, you know, manifested itself toward me, you know, because from the beginning of that, what I thought, you know, we're like, oh, great, we're just gonna like, keep it moving, keep it pumping, keep it doing all this stuff. And my, I didn't really have any expectation other than the fact that we had a great rehearsal process, everybody was super collaborative. And I thought moving forward, this is what we're gonna do. And uh, that you were gonna like work with the new, the new people. And that's just not what it was, you know, it became very, oh, we're gonna use this person more than you. We're gonna, because you know, you're not really what we thought you're not really what we were looking for for the, mm. the role, my, but you put me in this as an understand. I'm very confused. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't know, I don't think this was their intention. I don't think anyone's actually intentionally malicious. Um, but what it, the impact of it was, was not great for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was very heavy. A lot of times for me, it became very, um, I felt gaslighted a lot. I felt uh, non-supported, unsupported. And it's the only driving factor was the kids, truly. Mm -hmm. That was the only driving factor of it all. And this, remember, this is pre-pandemic. Right. Yeah. This is pre-people really understanding what all that matriculated during the pandemic really meant. Right. And you know, I kind of wish this happened like post pandemic. So I could be like, you know that thing that I'm always talking about? Yeah, they're doing that right now. But this is it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because now you can, because now what happened during the pandemic, you can, you know, on the news and all that stuff, I'm like, ah, you have a prime example. There is no longer an excuse. Here we go. Yeah, it was a lot of 
me realizing how much as an actor of color, a black actor, I had to remind myself that they are really not aware. Right. Really not aware. And it's, and at that time I was like, how do you explain to somebody something that the concept doesn't exist? <laughs> and so it became really hard to navigate all of that. And I didn't really know how to take care of myself in that way. Cause it's never been so concentrated. And so, you know, I had like a good solid group of friends <laughs> that was just like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you see, I tried to, I tried You're to like, block Howen out with my hand. Hey, Howen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It became a big lesson for me. Um, I did not know it was a lesson I needed until like a year later. Right. But, you know, I think we all have experiences and that we're supposed to have these experiences to grow. There was a I'm, lot of, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say a lot of soul searching and I was gonna say like, yeah. you know, not put, putting words in your mouth, but like you and I having talked, you know, and then right after that, we went into COVID, right? And so mm -hmm. everything kind of locked down and I know you were working through a lot of that stuff and yeah. not wanting to take on kind of um, having to, do the work for white people that they had to do right and and you know i i love that you did say like you know you've forgiven people and you know moving on and i think you know yeah it's really tricky right like we're all complicit at some level yeah. in in this system that is inherently racist and the social justice movement has awakened all of us i mean obviously white people maybe more so and are having to like for me i can only speak personally like just my learning curve through it all and you know, I still will make mistakes, but having the intention of doing better, knowing better so we can do better. And, but I think that's why you're really incredible, Clyde, because, you know, you're not laying it at the feet of people who you can't do the work for people. Right. And no. so, and also I think in all forms, I think the, to me, as I get older, I don't, I always think forgiveness is the key because the people that we are angry with, you know, there's that Buddhist saying, like, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, but like not forgiving someone is, is like holding a, a burning rock in your hand or a burning piece of coal and not throwing it. Right. Yeah, like that's you. Yeah. Yeah. You, like we need to forgive ourselves and we, because we're carrying an unnecessary burden. And to me, life is too short and too perilous to not, I don't know, forgive people, try to make amends, try to, heal when we can yeah. you never know like that's the thing you know you and I, I could if we had like some sort of disconnect but we come to the table of trying to reconnect how do we not know that something beautiful can be built about around that you know so I also think that that's the other side of it yeah you know well and part of it was also not even so much I don't want to help and that was part of it like I don't want to assist in <laughs> helping my people get ahead on this because it's one it's i can't do that that's um, right that's my, right i can't do it because it's an ingrained institutionalized thing i i can't do that the only thing that i can do which is really what the focus was was do my own work i think a lot of people think that like oh well you have work to do I'm like no we all have work to do and you know my work that i've come to realize is that i even though it was necessary and i don't judge it and i still you know, have to use it from time to time is that I had been surviving 
mm-hmm. and not really mm-hmm. living. Mm-hmm. Thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I was like, why is it that everybody else gets to do all of these things? Mm-hmm. Oh, because I'm spending a lot of time having to navigate and do this and this and that. And mind you, they were very essential things that I needed, things that I was taught to grow up with, and they were needed, you know, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, but I had to, you know, let that go. And well, glad it's, int- it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. it's an ongoing process, right? But I think it's yeah. interesting that you say that because it's true, your energy has shifted. Yeah. Like when I saw you in New York, you do seem lighter and, you know, I'm not just attributing it to just what you're talking about there. It's like COVID has changed people as well. Like, I don't know, being at a different phase in our lives or coming at the work in a different way or not taking things for granted or whatever, but you definitely, yeah. I'm excited for you. That's an exciting, it's that's exciting. an exciting, yeah, right? You yeah, look man. good. You do look Thank good. <laughs> no, there's just, so, you know, yeah, go ahead. So go. let's talk really quick. Cause I mean, the time goes by so fast. Like, oh my um, gosh. Okay. I know. Yeah. It's already been 45 minutes, but like, just really quickly, like, so you're now in the play that went wrong or that goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And, no, it goes wrong or went wrong. Goes wrong. Goes wrong. Yes. Um, and I did get to see that not with you again. I did get to see the original Broadway production with our lovely Mark. Mark Evans. Mortally. Mark Evans, the Brit. Um, he just gets free passes because he's a Brit. I love and it. Tall and, and tall and handsome. Exactly. And he can sing, dance and act. But and he's you're, a he's a sweet, he's very sweet. And he's a dad now. He sure is. Dad. Got it. And then, and it was really funny. And it's literally about a play that goes wrong and all the sort of things that can fall apart in a production. But you're not playing that role, right? Well, I am tonight because I understudy that. Oh my God, you understudy like how many roles? Oh, oh and this show one. I said, oh, okay. Folks, we are only going to one or none because I can't. Oh, wow. So you get to go on tonight as that. Oh, I, wow. They were like, hey, just so you know, you're going on for this role. I'm like, okay. I'm going to fly into New York tonight and watch it. I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But so. you've been, but, but, but you were telling me last time I was there, like, it is a very physical show. Yes. Right. Like that physical comedy is yeah, it intense. Is a farce to the max. It is just slapstick. I love it. I love farce. farce. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about it being off Broadway now is that, you know, in the Broadway house, they had to make things a bit bigger, bigger. to reach the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in this space, our uh, our director is very, very, very strongly uh, suggesting that he's like, it has to be simple oh i love that and so you don't be honest you don't have to do a joanne worley <laughs> no no we don't have to do any of it it's it's he goes because the way that the house is me just like doing that can right. be seen can reads yeah yeah, yeah. all the okay. way to the back he's like yeah. guys the simplest choice right is, is the best. truthful yeah, yeah 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 yes he's like yeah. if you okay. just go with that which is great but you know sometimes as i'm like trapezing from the top of the set to the floor we're just trapezing from the top of the set to the floor. And yeah. <laughs> just gonna hopefully land in a squat. I, yeah. That's so I, funny. But isn't I, that, do you ever stop yourself and you're like, oh my God, I'm doing a like a raucous farce because farces, I, this, I've always loved farce. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, maybe because I'm like a lot of people, I do laugh at like things that maybe we shouldn't laugh at, but like, you know I'm what I mean? so stupid. I uh, know. 
Alan fell down one time and I laughed really. He was not hurt, but like we were going through customs in Copenhagen or somewhere or in Iceland. And it was was a loud thud because he tripped on his own shoelaces and it was his own fault. And I was already like in line and he backed up a whole line of other tourists behind him and everybody stopped and shrieked. And I just seeing it almost like a play to me made me laugh. And then he got upset that I, but it's kind of funny. Pratt Falls are funny. They're funny. If it's like just, you know, crystallizing to this beautiful moment of just like, like, it's really it's funny. It's funny. No one is injured in the making of this video. Then um, it's fine. You know, somebody but, in our cast actually like fell in a very odd way, like a few weeks ago. And all of us backstage. You gasped. Not necessarily a gas. Well, it was a gasp into a and then. full on like cover your mouths and be quiet because we are dying of laughter. See, I wouldn't be able to get like, through it. Oh my God. Like, I had to run around to the back because I was laughing so hard and it was just so funny. And he was like, he's 25. It's fine. He's, he's okay. going to be fine. Oh no, my it God. Was, it was hilarious. And because it's this play that goes wrong, the audience has no idea that it was. Right. That it went wrong. wrong. Right, 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 right. <laughs> we were just like, how are you going to get out of this one? And it was, it was great. He got oh up and was laughing. He was fine. But it was just, you know, it's, pratfalls are funny. They are funny. I love that they're, they still occasionally do shows all about that. So I'm so excited you're in it and just take care of your body. Cause I know it is a lot of people, you make it look so easy, just like Mark did. And people don't realize like the, the ballet really behind it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like stunt work. And then, yeah. And then somehow, cause our, our director was like, cause like during the holiday season, we're like, okay, there's 14 shows straight with no break. We're just going to oh, do wow. the show. We're just going to do the show. And at its base, it's great. He came back and he was like, hey, guys, the show is great. You're all doing what I'm so proud. It's wonderful. I need the danger to come back in just a little bit. We're like, like, (laughs) everybody knows where they're going. It's beautifully orchestrated. Great. Love it. Take care of yourselves. I get it. But can we add a touch more just like, ooh, we don't know what's going to happen at the end. I'm like, okay. Love him. (laughs) But it's fun. It's fun that way. We're just like, I don't know what's going to happen. That's like life. Like life. Like life. And I do think maybe this is a good way to sort of round things out and close things up. Am I using that metaphor right? We We don't know. And also, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. I would say life is too tragic not to be a tragic comedy. So if we don't find the moments of reprieve and like, you know, joy... It's just, Lord Jesus, why would we get out of bed? You know what I mean? This is what we, this is what we do. We're here to like be challenged and learn and just be like, I accept the, I don't know. Yeah. That was my lesson this past week. Live I lo- in the, oh, I don't yes. know. Y'all Live need to get into Clyde's class, which is it a Monday night? No, Monday day. Good day, day. day. Because he's a working stage ah. actor. He doesn't have his nights free. He's doing day classes. So check it out. Tuesday day. So Clyde, let's do a speed round here really fast. Mm. I was wondering if it's going to happen. I was like, oh. yeah, I, you know, what? I, I don't ever, I like, I kind of remember I had like my original sheet I lost and now I don't even, all right, let me just see if I can find it. Otherwise I'll just make it up. I make them up. So what's something you can't do without? Oh God. Uh, wow, you're uh, already stumped. Food. I don't know. I, no, what do you mean? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. That's a good answer. I can't. No, I can't. Do What's your favorite film? The Color Purple Tide. <laughs> this is so weird. The Color Purple Tide with 
liar liar i don't <laughs> okay no why just, not it's just yeah why not oh. and what's the one oh shoot google hunting because classic of because of yes Robin yeah he was great he they was, were all great they were all great but he were all great yeah he's the reason i started yeah he was uh yeah he was really beautiful in that movie so what i mean i haven't asked somebody this but what's what's your favorite play or musical my favorite musical to do or be or watch uh so maybe just, just whether be, you've done it or not just like you really like oh that's a beautiful musical uh i love the color purple i do i know i was oh, yeah. in it like yeah it i think it's a it's a beautiful musical and it's yeah i was yeah yeah it's just a beautiful story what scares you me good one if you weren't doing what you do now what would you do i would be probably like some kind of culinary something oh because you do like food well, yeah, I like I like making food for people. Uh, like, okay. Like community, if that makes any sense. Uh huh. You never cooked for me. Hello. Well, child, you don't have the time. <laughs> the time. So I was like, honey, child, I'm not coming uptown. I have four meetings. Oh, today. I know. It's so true. What advice would you give your younger self? Just ask the questions. Ask the questions you want to ask. Who's your Hollywood crush? Oh, do I have to say this? Well, yeah, no, it can be, uh, who cares? Like, well, can be Henry Cavill. He can have everything. Okay. Have it all. Uh, how would you describe acting in one word? Reacting. Ding, ding, ding. What's something you learned being at AMAW or teaching at AMAW? It's one and the same, really. Oh, um, the only thing that you have is what's in front of you. So true. And how would you define love? I would define love as, this might sound weird and complex, but as a birthright. Oh, uh, no, that's simple and understandable. It's, it's, it's the thing that, and I, I don't think of love as like, you know, the, the thing that we like commercialize it and glamorize it to be. I think it's something that you, you do. It's an active thing and it's everywhere. So that's, lead with that 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 makes any sense i don't know of course it does yeah, yeah. it's beautiful yeah i always say i was in my podcast with saying so obviously you do not listen to my podcast but i say <laughs> i always say my definition of love is just this moment right now yeah one of these days one of my guests when i ask that question they're gonna because they listen to my podcast are gonna tell me that back so clyde tell us where we can find you where people can stalk you, including Henry Cavill. Uh, you can, Jesus. Uh, you can sometimes <laughs> find me on Instagram. Well, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a big social media person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've learned that and accepted that, and I'm good with that. Um, you can try and find me if I haven't disabled my <laughs> my account for that moment at Clyde Voce. That's on my Instagram. Instagram handle. Yes. And you can find me on Facebook. I probably won't accept it because I don't really look at it. Uh, it's not personal. <laughs> well, that means they're going to have to come either eight shows a week. Mm -hmm. at which theater is it at? It's at New World Stages. New World Stages on 42nd? 50th Street. On 50th Street. 8th and 9th. He's doing um, the play that went wrong, that goes wrong. wrong but uh, but uh, from Wednesdays to Sundays. Wednesday Monday, nights? Monday, Monday, Monday. Wednesday to Monday. So you have Tuesdays off? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. I teach. And, oh, yes. And then he teaches to God. Wow, you never have a day off. No. But teaching is very re that's, that's filling. Yeah. yeah. Or you can hop into his class on Tuesdays at AMAW New York. Clyde, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. It was super fun.
Thanks for listening to In The Moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.